0: All right, all right, okay, okay, what is up, everybody, it's LJ Talks Facts are here, Expensive facts, like always, of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Sunday afternoon, right now I am not, because the New York Yankees fucking suck ass, you know, I was gonna probably rant about them, you know, sometime this week, I mean, I don't know, I'm probably not not just gonna, I'm probably not gonna waste my energy on them, because they just, they're fucking frauds, you know, they won on Friday, fucking got destroyed yesterday, and I was at that game. And today they're getting destroyed too. It's just, there's just no reason to get mad. There's no reason at all. It's just waste, it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. They can go fuck themselves. I really don't care. This is a two-part episode right here because this is my AEW Rampage review. But we're also going to talk about Big Z Zedano Chara coming back to the New York Islanders. So we'll definitely talk about that after we review Rampage. So let's review Rampage right now. So I thought Rampage was good, like I told you guys. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't there for Rampage after Dynamite. I did leave after Dynamite was over. I was a little bit tired. just Want to go home, you know, just a long ride getting out there, and I didn't really feel like getting home at like two in the morning or something because I don't know what time Rampage would have ended. You know, I don't know. If, I think it started like at ten thirty, I believe, and probably ended eleven thirty. So I, I don't want to get home like at one in the morning. I about to say, I, I at two in the morning. Like, I don't want to get home like at one in the morning i just wanted to get home and just relax you know i was just tired from the show of course and everything but i thought rampage was a fun episode we saw some fun matches right here so it starts off with the aew world tag team championship match between the lucha bros pentel Miedo, and ray phoenix versus the butcher and the blade first up butcher and the blade tag team match we've seen on tv in a long time because you know butch has been out for a while and he looks like he's in great shape he definitely dropped a few pounds so he looks good and this match was good, though you know, and the reason why they're the number one ranked tag team is because, well, they're undefeated and now. Butch is back. They're seven and they were seven and zero oh going into this match, and this is Lucha Bros' first title defense. since becoming the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. So, I thought, okay, who better for them to face other than their uh, former uh, tag team uh, um, group members, former tag team group members, because they were with the Butch and the Blade in the. Uh, and Eddie Kingston's group for a while, so that was, like, the whole faction they had there, that was a nice faction, you know, lasted not that long, but now Butchering the Blader with, um, the Hardy Family Office, and Lucha Bros are on their own with Alex Abahantes, and, well, they still got pack, you know, that triangle, so they're fine there, but no, this match was good, though, it was a great match, Ray Phoenix continues to do Ray Phoenix things every match he puts on, I swear to God he just, he goes all out, legit he goes all out Ray Phoenix, he really does like the man is just a menace like what he does in the ring he's like, he's like a superhero come to life in a way, like a high-flying superhero come to life, like he's just amazing to watch every time, you know, I'm kind of disappointed I didn't stay for Rampage now, because Rampage was fun it was for sure a fun fucking show to be at like I said, I was tired, so I left. But, uh, yeah, it was a great match, like I said. You know, and I'm kind of with everybody on this one. I'm getting kind of tired of the Hardy family office. I'm just like, uh, you know, they really don't do much for me, to be honest. I mean, it's some, it gives something for Matt Hardy to do. But it's just like, I'd rather him go back to his broken character. You know, go back to Dama- Damascus and just be the broken character. You know, because that's what people want to see. You know, this gimmick, it's been going on for way too long. It's been going on since... Has been going on since, like, after Full Gear last year. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's so played out. At first, it was good. When it was just him and um, Private Party, you know, Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn. But it's just too overloaded. You have TH2 and The Butcher of the Blade and The Bunny and Penelope Ford now. It's just, it's, it's overflowing is what it is. I think it's just too much. You know, I think there's just too many people in the group, and I think they just need to either cut down the members or just let it be Let it be Matt in Private Party again, then maybe Private Party turns on him. You know, because we know Jeff Hardy's probably gonna come to AEW sooner than later, so they could always do that, you know, whatever the fuck. But yeah, like I said, great match. We didn't see any BS like in this match at all, which was good other than Pushing the blade did a pretty good heel tactic on Penta, where they tied up, where they tied his mask, or I believe it was Blade that tied up his mask onto the turnbuckle, so he couldn't get loose. And I'm like, okay, now Ray Phoenix is vulnerable right here. It's two on one. What's Penta going to do? You know, what can Penta do to help his brother now? So I'm just like, shit, like, what's going to happen? And Penta rips off his mask, covers his face, hits a super kick. I believe it was on the blade. And then Phoenix gets a roll-up pin on fucking Butcher. One, two, three, and that's in. Lucha Bros retain the AEW World Tag Team Champions. That was pretty... That was pretty creative right there out of Penta. That was extremely creative out of Penta. That was extremely creative. And just seeing him, like, rip off, rip off his mask right there and hit a super kick on the blade and then... Fucking Ray Phoenix getting the pin right there on Butch. It was a creative move right there. You know, I'm not a big fan of roll-up pins. But it had some creativity to it. But then after the match, Private Party attacked the Lucha Bros. And then they even attacked Abrahantes. He was trying to, like, you know, trying to stop the attack right there. But they attacked him. And then Santana Ortiz came out. And they helped the Lucha Bros. Old rivals from Impact Wrestling. Santana Ortiz coming in to help their old rivals. I'm like, okay, this is interesting right here. You know, I do believe in the future what they're going to do with the Lucha Bros is they're going to do this. They're going to face Private Party at full gear. They'll beat them. And then sometime in 2022, whether it's Revolution or Double or Nothing, Santana Ortiz will beat the Lucha Bros to become the new AEW World Tag Team Champions. Or maybe they'll do it early. Maybe they'll do it at full gear. Santana Ortiz versus Lucha Bros. And they'll give it to Santana and Ortiz because they deserve it. But I would rather Lucha Bros not have a two-month title reign like FTR did last year. I feel like that was kind of ridiculous for them to have a two-month title reign. I was like, really? That's a little bit too early right there to drop the belts. So I was kind of pissed off about that. Even though I was happy the Unbucks won because they had to win at some point. It just was a shame that... F2R's title ran to end so quickly. Um, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. In our next segment right here, we had, you know, we heard from Kenny Omega, the AW World uh, Champion, and Brian Danielson, you know, talking about the match next week, you know, and saying how Brian Danielson isn't even ranked, but he doesn't want the championship. All he cares about is wrestling Kenny Omega. It's not about the title right now. It's giving the people what they want. And the funny thing is, with Brian Danielson, his last match in the WWE was against Roman Reigns, who's still the WWE Universal Champion. And now his first match in AEW is going to be against the AEW World Champion, Kenny Omega. That's amazing, right? there. That is some goat shit right there out of Brian Danielson. That is amazing. Like, seriously, how could you not love Brian Danielson after that? That is like some story right there. You go from wrestling Roman Reigns in your last match in the WWE to now wrestling Kenny Omega in your first match here in AEW. It's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. You gotta love to see it. God, my fucking allergies are bothering me today, guys. Yesterday was so hot at the game, and now today it's cool. My fucking ears are bothering me because it's fucking stuffy. Like, I hope you guys are doing okay with your allergies. I'm sure some of you guys, or most of you guys are probably dealing with it like I am right now. It's just fucking annoying. Um, But now we get to the next match right here between Anna Jay and the bunny. This is Anna Jay's first singles match on Dynamite in quite a while. It's been a long time. This is only her 23rd wrestling match of her whole career. She's really had no experience till AEW. And I gotta say, I'm a big fan of Anna Jay. I really am, not just because like of the dark order, you know, I just think she's a good wrestler. I think she's gonna be a future AEW women's world champion in the future. She's got the look. You know, she's got the gimmick. I think she could talk very well like she does on BTE. And she could be... I could see her, like, more as a really good heel. I can't really see her as a babyface champion. I don't think she would get over as a babyface champion. I feel like she can really get over as a heel champion. That's the only way I could see AJ really getting over as a babyface. You know, I, I guess, maybe. But in reality, I think I could see... Her getting more over as a heel, so. She could definitely get more over as a heel right there as being, you know, the champion. But her and the Bunny put on a good match. Like I said, the Bunny, I've said it multiple times, she's improved so much in the ring. You know, like I said, I was never a huge fan of the Bunny. I always thought she was like, eh, you know, she's whatever. But no, she's been... She's really improved the bunny. She seriously has. They've been putting her on TV more. She's gotten better. That's what you have to do with some wrestlers right here that people really don't know as much. Or you feel like they are kind of green. You got to put them on TV a lot. You got to give them more chances. That's the only way wrestlers are going to get good. You can't hold them back from the spotlight. They got to be in it. That's the only way they get better. And I'm saying the bunny has gotten better because she's been on TV a whole lot more. That's That's the only reason why I think she's gotten better in the ring. You know, I think that's, that's that's the main reason right there. Yeah, that's what the wrestlers need right there. You know, just imagine if any other wrestler was held back from going on TV. It's just going to make them worse. Then when they put in the spotlight, they're going to crack. When you put wrestlers in the spotlight a whole lot more that are green wrestlers, you got to just, they're going to get better. They simply are going to get better. And Jace Green, she is because she's very inexperienced. But she's only gonna get better. Just gotta keep putting her on TV. That's all you gotta do. Gotta do that with every wrestler right there. That's all you gotta do, it right there. That's the only way they'll get better right here. That's just how it is. But no, I enjoyed the match. We was so Penelope before try to pull some shit, you know, try to get Anna Jay's attention. And then Ty Conti took her out. And then Allie tried to take advantage, but she couldn't. Anna Jay got a nice roll-up pin, beat the bunny one, two, three. A big win for Anna Jay in her first. Singles match on Dynamite and Forever, so that was that was nice though, because I kind of expected maybe the Bunny would win. Like, I'm ha- I'm happy Anna I'm happy Anna won. It was a big win for her, you know. Like I said, it's first match on Di- I'm about to say Dynamite, just on TV in general, in just a long time. So that's a big win for her. It absolutely is, and like I said, she's only gonna get better. And same for the Bunny. And after the match, you know... Penelope before, and the Bunny attacked... Fucking Anna Jay... And then Penelope before at Brass Knuckles... Hit Ty Conti with it... Then she hit... Fucking Anna Jay with it... And took them out... So... That's the end of that right there... And... Fucking... Tony Schiavone was about to interview... Getting ready for the interview with Dr. Britt Baker... And Ruby Soho... But Matt Hardy was in the ring with Jack Evans... And Matt Hardy says he's pissed off because it's lookalike, alike his Orange Cassidy look he has been looking at him the whole show. Matt Hardy's been out there for the whole show, basically. We actually know he has been. So that Orange Cassidy look like is looking at him. And he goes up to the Orange Cassidy look-alike. Fucking takes him down over the rail. Throws him in the ring. Jack Evans is kicking him a little bit. Matt Hardy hits him with a twist of fate. And then they start cutting his hair they cut his ponytail and they start shaving his hair and I'm just like oh my god this guy probably got paid a lot for that right there you know I mean I don't know if it's an actual fan or if he's a wrestler you never know just that is something though that is something I gotta say that I gotta say that that is something you know and the orange Cassidy came out so fucking late, I'm just like, you know, you're a little bit late to the party, orange. You're a little bit you're you're a little bit late, so. It's <laughs> a little too little too late. Damage is already done to so the orange Cassidy look alike. I mean that's that's, <laughs> that's basically it right there. Um But now we get to the Dr. Britt Baker and Ruby Soho interview, and oh my god, this was whew, this was definitely a row session. And on commentary, we did have um Excalibur, Taz, Chris Jericho and the FTW world champion. Ricky Starks, that was a nice touch right there. Ricky Starks on on commentary. That was pretty nice. Um Shock Brian Cage didn't come out at all and try to go after Starks. That was kind of surprised about. Kind of like how they went after uh like Team Taz went after CM Punk, except Starks didn't go after him. Back on Dynamite. Um so that was kind of weird. But this fucking interview right here between Ruby and Britt was just on fire. The shit that they were saying to each other was amazing. Like, I, like, Ruby so didn't really get much of a reaction when she came out. I'm thinking, like, okay, I, I don't know, this is probably gonna be one-sided right now. She's not getting much of a reaction. But, no, the crowd was fully behind her when she started talking. You know, first, Britt was like, welcome to some TV time. I'm like, oh, my God. And how many times have you changed your name, and you change the color of your hair, and Ruby was saying, I know who the hell I am. Because Brim was saying, you don't even know who the hell you are. You know, but Ruby said, I do know who the hell I am. I've just never been given the freedom to, you know, show who I am. And I'm like, that's a shot right there. And you know what? That's a well-deserved shot. Because Ruby Ri... i about to say Ruby Ri- uh, Fucking Ruby Soho. She's talented. She has a lot of talent. Like, you know... It's just with the other company, they just don't see that talent in the young stars anymore. They really don't. If WWE was... If they were able to see the talent that their young stars have right now in this day and age, there would be no AEW. There'd be no reason for an AEW. Because then most of these wrestlers right now that are in AEW would still be in the WWE and they'd be thriving just fine. But they are all fucking stuck up. Fucking narcissistic assholes in the other company that don't give the fans that really don't give the fans what they want. You know, some things they do, but I'm not saying you have to give everything. You can't give everything to the fans. Because even if you do in that in that way, there's gonna be some fans that's gonna be pissed off. There's always gonna be that one fan that's just not gonna like it. You know what I mean? But you gotta listen to this audience. Like my buddy Todd was saying, like, you know. Does Vince McMahon even hang out with his grandkids? Do they ever tell him the show sucks? Oh, I, hope, I would hope that they're honest. I'm not trying to you know, brand the man's family. I'm just saying, if they want to be real, they should say the show fucking sucks. Or maybe they think the show's good. Maybe they do, and that's fine. But I'm sure at least one of them have to think, like, you know what, this show really sucks. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just saying, guys. Ruby Sorrow brought up, like, a lot of valid points, and she said that Britt Baker's just, like, every broad that she's faced, you know, entitled, and bang, some dude in the back, and I was like, oh, shit, but Britt low-key liked that right there, you can tell the face, I mean, she, well, she knew, she doesn't care, she low-key liked that right there, I was like, oh, shit, and then Britt Baker said, you're the runaway, but you got fired, and I was like, ooh, and then Ruby said, yeah, I was fired, but it was the best damn thing that ever happened to me. And I was like, got to love that right there. The whole crowd was behind her. Loved it. I just didn't think the whole crowd was going to be behind her at all. I thought it was going to be like one-sided for Britt Baker, but no. The crowd was behind Ruby, which was great. That was great right there. They were behind her. And, you know, Ruby says she's going to beat Britt Baker's ass next week in New York, you know. And then Britt Baker tried to hit her with the belt. Ruby so took her down. She raised up the championship. I mean, we all know Ruby's not going to win the title. She'll win it probably, like, sometime next year. But she's definitely not beating Britt Baker. It's not going to happen. If it does, if it does, I'll be very surprised. But I still think the plan, I still think the plan is for Britt Baker to beat Ruby... And then at Full Gear, she'll face Riho. She'll beat her. And then at Revolution or sometime in 2022, whether it's on Dynamite or Revolution, Thunder Rosa will beat Britt Baker for the title. And then she'll drop it to Jade Cargill in the future as well. That's how it'll, that's how it'll, that's how it'll go. That's just my opinion I mean, Ruby Soul could win the belt next week. She could this Wednesday coming up. She definitely could. There's a chance. There's absolutely a chance she can win. I just don't see it right now. I don't see her winning the belt. Like, one, it's too early. It's, it's only going to be her third match in AEW. And Britt Baker had no protection at all. She didn't have Rebel out there with her. She didn't have Jamie Hayter out there with her. She was just by herself. She handled it very well other than getting attacked. You know, she could have needed some help right there, but... She just handled it very well by herself for a while. I'm looking forward to the match, though. It's going to be really fun. You know, Ruby Soul, she has a chance to be a huge women's megastar, just like Britt Baker is. She's got that star power. She absolutely does. You know, even though Shida was champion for a whole year, it never felt like Konkara Shida had, like, that star power. Like, wrestling-wise, yes. Talking-wise, no. Because you never heard Sheeta talk really much at all. Britt Baker talks every time. And she's a damn good wrestler. So it's, it's different it's different with Britt it's much different with her and I love she she is my girl I love Sheeta but she just they never really had a talk at all and she was off dynamite so many times it's just eh I don't know I, I don't know her, her title ring got pretty stale after a while it just really didn't I kept like pushing like um is Britt Baker gonna get her title shot now is it gonna happen now is it gonna happen now are we gonna just keep are we gonna keep waiting is it gonna happen now and they finally happened to double or nothing back in May. And Britt Baker won. I was happy that she won. If she would have lost, I would have been pissed. I definitely would have been pissed if she would have lost. I, re- I really would have been. Oh, man. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. But now, before we get to our main event between the TNT Champion Miro. It's for the TNT title. So, the TNT Champion Miro versus Tuego Del Sol. So, Fuego Del Sol's car is also on the line right here. He put his car on the line for the championship. It's like, all right, I mean, here we go now. You know, Fuego Del Sol is going to take him out the Tornado DDT. And Miro says, I'm going to celebrate my god up pie and my wife down low. I was like, oh, my God, he loves to bring up fucking Lana. Um, and she's probably going to come into AEW pretty soon. She probably will. Just be Miro's manager... Or maybe not. Maybe she doesn't want to be in the wrestling business anymore. But um, now we get to... Now we look to next week. We look to next... Actually, we'll talk about that after the main event. That's what we always do. But now here in the main event between Miro, the TNT champion, versus Fuego Del Sol for the TNT championship. I got to say, even though this match wasn't a squash match like last time, these two put on a damn good match. And people could say Fuego del Sol didn't o- didn't earn his uh contract because he lost against Miro on the first episode of Rampage and if Fuego would have won, he would have gotten the he would have gotten the fucking TNT championship and he would have gotten an AEW contract. But I think Fuego del Sol was on AEW Dark and AEW Dark Elevation so many times during like the pandemic era here of wrestling. When they were at Daly's place, like they brought him in. You know, even though he lost all the time. He was still wrestling. They made him such an underdog character. I believe he finally got his first win. I don't know it was like the last uh, show they did at Daly's Place back in June. When they went back for August for homecoming. I believe Fuego may have won on Dark or Dark Elevation. I'm not too sure which one it was. But um. Well, yeah, no. I mean, Fuego had a really good run. So he earned that contract. Even though he lost, he earned that contract. And hopefully we see more of him on Dynamite and Rampage going forward in the future because he's got talent. He absolutely does. He's got a lot of talent right here in AEW. He does. A lot of potential too. He's young. He's got a lot of potential. He's absolutely got so much potential and let's see what he can do. He's got a chance to prove everybody wrong. You know, A lot of people probably think that he's not worth it, but he absolutely is. But Fuego and Miro, like I said, put on a, a fun match. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. You know, Miro made him look really good. He was toying around with Fuego for so long. And he was tossing him and carrying him around. I'm like, oh, my God. I mean, I know Fuego's much smaller than Miro. But this is another human being right Another grown man that Miro is just picking up and throwing around like he's just nothing. It's just amazing to see that. I know Fuego is much smaller, obviously. But still, you pick up another man. And just throwing him around like a sack of potatoes. It's just amazing. It really is. But Fuego started to pick up the heat just a little bit. No pun intended there. But he was really picking it up. I thought maybe he can do this. Thought maybe he can do this. Maybe he can beat Miro. Maybe he can define the odds and become TNT champion. Just too little, too late right there. It was too short right there. You know, Miro was done toying around with him towards the end of the match. Knocked him out with two super kicks. That was it. One, two, three. Fuego loses to Miro again. It was a tough one there for Fuego. There goes his car as well because Miro fucking grabbed his fucking car keys that he had. And he fucking put it in Fuego's mouth and put him in the fucking accolade right there. And bent him backwards right there in the submission hold. Until Sammy Guevara came out and stopped it. And he took out Miro with a kick and Miro went outside the ring. And then Sammy Guevara held up the TNT championship. I'm like, here we go. That's what that's what the backup plan had to be. Because I was thinking maybe Eddie Kingston was gonna win the TNT title. But I said if he doesn't, it's gonna be Sammy. So now here we go. Now the plants are fish. now the you know now the seeds are officially planted for Sammy Guevara versus Miro for the TNT title. And I'm looking forward to that right there, I really am. So Sammy Guevara's kind of drifted away from the whole inner circle pinnacle fucking feud. Now it's like here we go. Now he's in the TNT title program with Miro. That's big. And I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to this match. Whenever happens, hopefully it happens at full gear. Hopefully they don't do it on a dynamite. I mean, they could do it like on a Saturday and everything, make it special. But I be- I believe they should just do it at, at, at full gear. Like wait till then. You don't have to do it right away. There's not there's not enough buildup just yet. Let's just let's give it some time. So we'll wait a while. But yeah, Rampage is good, guys. Like I said, I enjoyed it. So far I'm not, like, enthusiastic. I'm just pissed about the Yankees. And then the Cowboys are playing in an hour. So I don't know how I'm feeling about that right now with the Chargers. Uh, I don't know about that one, guys. We'll, we'll see what happens, though. Hopefully the Cowboys can win. I'll be in a better mood when I do my Cowboys review tomorrow afternoon. Hopefully I'll be in a good mood. I, I kind of doubt it, but we'll see. But now let's talk about the New York Islanders right here signing Big Z Zdeno Chara. So it's a one-year, $4 million deal for the 44-year-old defenseman. That's a lot of money. $4 million for a guy that's 44 years old. I know it's a one-year deal. I believe this is going to be Zidane Chara's last season here in the NHL. But here's the, here's the good thing, though. He's going to end it where it all started. He's coming back to the island. You know, with Zeno Chara, you know, he's one of the greatest defensemen to ever live. He absolutely is. He's the tallest NHL player to ever live, I believe. He's 6'9". He'll be 45 in March. He was the 56th overall draft pick in 1996. Made his debut in the 97-98 season. Scored his first ever goal in the 98-99 season. So he scored a total of six goals for the New York Islanders in his three seasons he was there. It was two-week season before they traded him to Ottawa. And I believe that was the trade right there that got the Islanders Alexi Ashen. You see, here, here we go again. I'm gonna bring it up again. The Islanders could have legit built a super team in the 90s, the late 90s. And they were a miserable team in the late 90s, but they had so many great young players like Daniel Char, like Oli Okinen, like Brian McCabe. Like Zygmunt Palfi, Tim Conley, Todd Bertuzzi. Uh, what's, uh, there's another guy in there. Um, there's, one, there's one guy that I'm forgetting. Um, it's not, not, not Luongo. I was going to say Roberto Luongo, too. There's also another uh, forward that I'm forgetting. I'm forgetting his name, but uh, who else am I forgetting? It's, it's Roberto Luongo. And, like, in the 2000 draft, instead of, you know, drafting Rick DiPietro, they could have drafted Marion Gabrick or fucking Scotty Hartnell, Danny Heatley. And I believe Danny Heatley had, like, 250-goal seasons, so they missed out on him. And in 2001, instead of making that stupid trade for Yashin, even though they got to the playoffs three straight years after that, they could have fucking drafted Jason Spezza. Could have drafted him. Jason is still playing to this day. So you could have had him and Zaneo Char probably on the same team. I don't know if Spencer would still be on the Islanders right now. But it was just, I guess it wasn't meant to be. It's a shame, though. It really is. You know, Mike Milbury really fucked this organization for so many years, you know. It's amazing. All this young talent they had. Zaneo Char still around. And so is Jason Spezza. They're still around. But now Zayno Chara is coming back where it all started. You know, and do I expect him to play all 82 games? Absolutely not. I expect him at the most to play like 60 games. 60 Between 60 to 65. That's the most I expect Chara to play. I don't expect him to play the whole season. I don't expect that at all. But he'll get a nice welcoming at the UBS Arena in November. So that'll be really nice right there when they play Calgary. Because you only got that 12-game, 13-game I believe it's 12 or 13 games right there. That big road trip starting off the season, you know, we don't know how the Islanders are going to start. But then after that, the beauty part is, after that road trip, most of their games are at home. They have a lot of home stands after that, so that's huge for them. So hopefully they win their games on the road. Hopefully they have a winning record coming home. Hopefully they do. You know, I don't know what to expect out of them. I really don't. But we shall see. But bringing back Char, like. The funny thing is, like, I was with my father at the Yankee game yesterday. and We were just talking about the Islanders. Or before the Yankee game, game started, we were just waiting online to go in. And he said the Islanders should sign Char. I was like, yeah, they could. We're on where you put them. You know. And then, like, fucking 20 minutes later, my, my buddy James texts me, I- Islander sign Char. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he legit called it. I'm like, holy shit. It wasn't even a rumor. It wasn't even rumored. rumor at all. Well, Lou doesn't let anything leak out, so we know that's how he is. It was just a really good call. And says, "Hey, Char is back with the Islanders. And we'll see what number he wears. He's not going to wear three. That's Pellick's number, so he'll probably wear 33. You know, but I am happy Char is back. Who is thought? Oh, uh, excuse me guys who would have thought I didn't think Char would ever come back to the Islanders at all you know after Ottawa he spent a few years there he was a lifelong Bruin after that and then he went to the Capitals for just one year last year and Char was okay last year but here's the thing like he is 44 he's taking care of his body very well like I said I expect 60 65 games out of Char and with goal-wise, I expect maybe like between two to five. I don't expect anything big. And now with the defensive pairings, I think it will be, well obviously you'll have Pelican Paul Lock. It should be Chara and Mayfield and Aho and Dobson. Or if not Aho, then Gustason, because they signed the guy Eric Gustason, The guy used to play for the Blackhawks, so then I would have Gustason and Dobson, if not Aho and Dobson. So, I mean, okay, I mean, defensive depth, you, in defensive depth, then you would have Hickey. If it's like, okay, if it's this thing, because I think realistically, it would be Pellick, Pollock, Char, Mayfield, and Gustafson, and Dobson. So, realistically, right there, that's what I see the defensive pairings being. So, your defensive depth is Thomas Hickey, Andy Green, and Sebastian Ajo. I don't know if Braden Coburn's still there. If he's there, that's that's a lot of defensive depth right there for the Islanders in case anybody goes down or if somebody's not playing good. And Char has always been a great defensive defenseman. So we know his defense is still there. His offense is obviously. We know that's not. He'll have his moments where he'll score a goal here and there and he'll get a big pop from the crowd, obviously. But it's fun to see Char back. It really is. He's won one Stanley Cup. You know, he won with the Bruins back in the 2010-2011 uh, season. Hopefully he can win number two. Looking forward to it, though. It's going to be fun. It's going to be absolutely fun seeing Char back on the island. You know, I was almost one years old before he, got, before he uh, left the Islanders, before they traded him to Ottawa. So the year I was born was his last season as an Islander. And now here we are 21 years later. Or 20 years later. And Zaneo Char is back. Gotta, gotta get that CM Punk jiff in there somewhere. I'm back. And like I said, on I believe it's November 20th. It's the first ever Islanders game at UBS. And Char will get a nice pop from the crowd. He really will. It's going to be such late introductions for a home opener. But he'll get such a nice reaction from the crowd. I fully expect that. You know, and it's going to be fun to see Char back. It really is. He's back home. He's back home where he belongs. Back on the island, baby. It's is going to be fun, though. It really is. It's going to be a fun season coming up. You know, expectations again are high for the Islanders. They really are. They got to win the cup this year. They absolutely have to win the cup this year. There's no excuses going into the season. There's not because you're getting Andrews Lee's back. You're getting Andrews Lee's. You're getting. Oh, my gosh. Getting Anders Lee back. Got Kyle Palmieri coming back. You got Zach Parise now. You got Bovillier resigned. Sezikis resigned. Pellick resigned. And Al Chara. And Siroki resigned. So this team's expectations are through the roof. The odds of them to win the Stanley Cup should be very high. They should be one of the top three teams right there to win the Stanley Cup. They really should be. But we'll see if they do, though. I mean, they really should. I'll be very disappointed if they don't. I'll be very disappointed because they got to win this year. They have to win. They seriously, seriously, and I mean seriously, have to win. They just do. If they don't, it'll just be disappointing. It just It's just how it'll feel. it will be very disappointed if they don't win. I'm happy Big Z's back happy that Rampage was good, and hopefully my Cowboys win in a little while, you know, because I'm still pissed about the Yankees, I'm in a little bit of a salty mood, obviously, I'll probably rant about them sometime this week, because, you know, they're about to lose two out of three to Cleveland, and now they gotta play Texas, and it's just, I, I don't know, this team, you know, I thought they were gonna get hot after Friday's win, but nope, not at all, same old shit. It's just this team doesn't. If this team doesn't make the playoffs, I'm just not even gonna say anything. I'm not even gonna complain. I'll just be like, actually, no, I'm gonna complain. What, what am I lying for? I'll, I'll be ranting a whole lot about it. It's just not gonna let it affect me now. I'll save my energy for that big time rant. Uh, but all right, guys. Hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I will talk to you guys tomorrow afternoon talk about my Dallas Cowboys versus the LA Chargers in week two. Hopefully, I'll be in a good mood tomorrow. Hopefully, I'll be saying, how about them Cowboys at the end of the episode, at the beginning and the end of the episode, but we'll see. All right, guys. Again, enjoy the rest of your day, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow afternoon. Talk to you then, guys.